Good morning. Thank you, everyone. Um, I'm Vicky Burton, and I'm going to talk to you this morning about um, Jesus and nature um, from the passage in John's Gospel, chapter 6, um, verses 16 to 23, um, where Jesus is walking on the water. And um, we'll talk about that in a while and do that reading. Um, but let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And we thank you for your provision for each of us this day. And we open our hearts and our ears and our eyes to you this morning. And we welcome you. And we ask, Lord, would you help us to receive from you what you have for each of us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. So um, let's, if you have a Bible, um, you may want to turn to chapter six of John's Gospel. If you don't have a Bible, you can use the um, Bible tab, which is above the chat column, um, and look up uh, John chapter six. And I'm just going to start reading from verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But Jesus said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. And then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. And the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realised that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. And then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And once the crowd realised that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So this is the reading for today in the story, which is uh, around the Sea of Galilee. And um, you remember last week we heard about all the people that followed Jesus um, to that mountainside where he... Um, multiplied five loaves and two fish and people ate their fill and there were leftovers. Remember the abundance of God that Laurie talked to us about last week and how we need to sit down and receive from the Lord. And so that's my prayer for today that we will. Um, but here the Sea of Galilee is is a key part and I'm talking about Jesus and nature and the thing that I love about this subject is this um, fact that Jesus is the Lord of nature. He's the, he is the creator. All things were created through him and for him. So he's the Lord of nature, which is why maybe he's uh, more in touch with the elements than we realise and why he's able to, remember he can calm the storm. Remember that story of him calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee? And here we see him walking on the water, which as I understand it, is uh, 
is not a normal experience for us. I know when I get in the bath and I put my foot in, I, my foot goes through the water, not standing on it. Um, and I know when I go for a swim, I don't just walk across the water. I automatically just go into the water. So I wonder what this is. It's um, the fact that the spiritual realities uh, transcend the physical laws, the laws of physics. And here, this is, a, this is kind of our focus for today. Um, but the Sea of Galilee, I don't know if any of you know, but um, it's, in, it's in certain news. If you read certain um, types of news, you, you may have heard that the Sea of Galilee currently um, is on the rising because um, having had years and years of drought um, in that land, in the land of Israel, there has now been two, about two years of rainfall in that place. <clears throat> and I was reminiscing this morning because in 2017, I went to the Sea of Galilee and I sat beside the Sea um, of Galilee in Tiberias with my friend Joe and we drank uh, an espresso coffee. Um, and so when I had my coffee this morning, I was dreaming of that time of looking at the sea and seeing it was quite receded um, from the from the land. And now I understand it's six meters, gone up six meters which is actually a lot. And not only that, but the rainfall in the desert, so below, if you say sort of south of the Sea of Galilee, the, the rain has fallen in the desert there and there are flowers and numerous flowers that have not been seen in our lifetime. So there's things that are, that are unprecedented occurring even in the elements, in the weather, in the natural world, there are things unprecedented. And we could argue that... Um, you know that a lot of that is our fault we've we've kind of done things as humans and we have which are, we know have impacted um the weather and things like that and so much of our behavior does but we also can say that from the bible there's signs and wonders um and prophecies about times like this and in the book of isaiah in particular there are prophecies about the desert blooming um and the waters coming and the rains coming so just be encouraged as we go through this passage, be encouraged to remember um, that Jesus is the Lord of all of these things. And, and he is the one who is bringing about um, the abundance, as Laurie talked to us about a bit last week. So do walk with me through this passage if you have your Bibles open um, or if you prefer just to listen as we go. I'll be reading through the verses, but I just wanted to go back a verse, actually, um, which probably annoys some people because they're just like, oh, I just got to that verse 16. I wanted to start with verse 15, um, where Jesus says, where it says, Jesus, knowing that the, the crowd of people intended to come and make him king by force, Jesus withdrew to a mountain by himself. That's sort of the end of last week's passage. Um, and this thing of making Jesus king by force is because they could see that if somebody like Jesus was in charge of the of the nation wouldn't it be incredible like he would he would put everything right and he would you know make provision for everyone and it would be wonderful would it not um so they really were keen to try and make this happen but Jesus knew that that wasn't the story that wasn't the way that God had chosen for things to happen I don't know if you ever feel like that that what seems to be happening isn't what we would have chosen um but it seems to be God's way of making the right thing happen. So Jesus goes to a mountain. He goes further, probably, probably 
either up the same mountain that he was in, maybe a bit higher, or we don't really know, but he goes up one of the mountains in that region. And he goes there, we know from other passages in the Bible, that he goes up a mountain alone to spend time with his father, with Father God. And that thing of longing to go up mountains, I know there's a lot of people in our congregation who love going up mountains, you may be one of those people. Um, For all sorts of reasons, it sort of opens, it changes your perspective, it opens your lungs, it opens your spirit, there's a sense of of joy going to a high high place you know maybe you've been up a cliff and looked over the sea or maybe you've been up a really big hill um and that exerted that energy to get there um but you know now we we as believers with the holy spirit we can go to the high places with the lord in the spiritual realms and and have that same experience of being able to see more clearly of having our lung our spiritual lungs open and having a joy in our hearts of knowing the Lord in, a, in that way and having that intimacy. And I reckon that this physical exertion that Jesus was doing, going up a mountain to spend time with his father, was part of his spiritual filling up and preparing and, and hearing the word of the Lord. And maybe in a loud voice, we don't know, maybe um, in a quiet voice, uh, like the loud voice that Phil Parkinson mentioned a couple of weeks ago, or maybe in a quiet voice, we don't know. Um how he had that interaction but we know that that was what he did and he made those choices intentionally to be with his father and if he needs to do that if he needed to do that then um how much more we do need to do that and it may be that it's about going into a a room maybe even the bathroom and shutting the door just for those few moments to be with father god to open ourselves to him or maybe it's for long periods of time during this lockdown So here we go. Jesus has gone up the mountain and this is what happens next. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake and that's the Sea of Galilee, a freshwater lake, where they got into a boat and they set off across the lake for Capernaum. So we start on the sort of northeast side of the lake and then Capernaum is on the north side, slightly west, um, a few miles over. So it says by now it was dark. So it was definitely evening time and Jesus had not yet joined them but they knew that they had to go I think Jesus had given them instructions if we read um, about this in Matthew's gospel um, chapter 14 there's a a slightly different angle of an account from Matthew uh, where he mentions Peter as well Um, and you get a little bit of a different sense that Jesus actually told the disciples off you go and um, he took charge of the crowd and then he went up the mountain so here are the disciples and they're in the boat and it's apparently a rowing boat so they're going to have to work quite hard whatever the weather but it says here that a strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough now anybody who's ever been in a place where there's a very large lake even like Lake Windermere or Loch Ness or whatever um, when the wind gets up it does get choppy Um, or maybe even Rickmansworth Aquadrome if the weather changes the water changes and and it's interesting isn't it that here is the time when Jesus walks on the water it's actually when it's quite rough in the same way that he was stood up that time in the boat and calmed the storm do you remember that um so when they had rowed three or four miles so they'd worked quite hard in the rough in the rough waters then they saw Jesus so who knows at what point like I wonder if they saw him because it was dark 
they must have sort of seen an outline in the light of the moon or something. But they saw him. But they saw he wasn't in a boat. They saw him walking on the waters. And this is quite an extraordinary moment of realising who he was. Only they didn't. Because in Matthew's Gospel, it records that one of the disciples, at least one of them, shouted out, It's a ghost! That's how frightened they were. And and I guess there was a lot of different emotions going on in that boat at that moment in time. Different people responding in different ways. I guess somebody was probably quite excited by seeing Jesus and thinking, wow, look at this, this is something new. Um, we know that Peter was kind of so keen that he said, if it's you, Lord, then, then ask me to come to you and I too will walk on the water. He was that keen to activate this exciting new phenomena. And... And yet there were others who were absolutely terrified and convinced that it wasn't Jesus. It was actually a ghost or an apparition of some sort or something. So there was sort of different feelings, different emotions going on. I think we can relate to that right now. Different feelings, different emotions, different sort of responses to the things that are happening around us. So here we go. Jesus says to them, it is I do not be afraid. Now, I looked up when I was looking at this, I looked up various translations and, and things like that. So this in the Aramaic uh, translation into plain English, that's what it actually called itself. Um, this is how it's translated. And it's this is bit, this bit's in capital letters at the beginning. I am the living God. That's in capital letters. And then it says, do not be afraid. So this is. This is how Jesus speaks to all of the disciples, all their different feelings, all their different emotions in that one boat. He speaks to them all at the same time. And he says, I am the living God. Do not be afraid. This is another reveal of who Jesus actually is. And I love that about John's writing in this gospel, that all of his writing is geared towards helping the reader to understand who Jesus really is and that's why he talks about the signs and the wonders and he talks about the things that point to Jesus and the different aspects of Jesus's character and his identity and this is the one thing where he, where, where John really excels um, it, he pr- pushes that whole thing of who Jesus really is and so this is what he is he is the living God he's the one in charge of all this stuff he's, a, he's the one who who's boss of nature he's the creator himself everything all things were created through him and for him and so we can be reassured even now we can be reassured that he is the living god it's good news it's really good news so verse 22 the next day the crowd that stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat was there and that jesus had not entered it with his disciples so they twig Okay, hang on a minute. Uh, Somewhere Jesus kind of went. We saw him go up the mountain, but now he's not there. I wonder, maybe they sent a couple of kids, young people up the mountain to check it out. Like, oh, Jesus went up the mountain, go and find him. And they came back like, no, Jesus isn't there. He's not, he's nowhere to be seen. And so they, they concluded that he must have gone somewhere else. And seeing as he sent his disciples away, they, they imagine that maybe he's followed them somehow, but they don't understand how. Well, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't say, oh, well, he's probably walked himself over to Capernaum across the lake. <laughs> um, it's unusual. 
So some boats from Tiberias also come across. So Tiberias is on the west side of the lake. And some more people coming in boats because they're hearing about Jesus. And there's this word on the street. Jesus is the word on the street. And people are coming to find him, to follow him, to hear him, to see him, to experience what he has. And the fact that he is someone absolutely extraordinarily special. So this is what's happening. They realise that Jesus isn't here. They realise that the disciples have headed towards Capernaum or maybe just the next town. I um, can't remember its name. begins with G, but I can't pronounce it. Um, and they come across and then they decide some people go in the boats. And if they maybe couldn't fit everyone in the boats, I guess some of them maybe walked round. It would have been a bit longer than three or four miles. It probably would have been, you know, a sort of 10K walk or something round um, to try and follow him again. They're so keen. And we'll hear another time about the next bit, how Jesus then talks to them about their attitude and actually how their attitude isn't quite in tune with who Jesus is, more about what he can do for them, more about what he can do for me. So I'm like that sometimes in my prayers that I'm more concerned about what Jesus can do for me and more concerned about telling God how he should be doing this or how he should be king of this and he should be, and and that's not how I need to talk to God. I need to remember who he is. And just a few days ago, I realised as I was on my knees, repenting of, well, at least five strongholds in my life, um, I realised what was behind that. He showed me that I had forgotten who he really is. I'd sort of, I'd gone in some kind of aspect of unbelief. I I just was not hearing him and not seeing him clearly. It's like I, I said to somebody, it was like I was foggy and and I didn't have that clarity. And it was because I had unbelief. It was because I hadn't remembered or realised again afresh who he really is. And so he spoke to me about that just a few days ago and it's really helped because I think this passage is about that. We need to realise who he really is. Um, John writes at the end of his gospel, um, excuse me, just turning pages. Uh, he writes at the end of his gospel, well, twice actually, at the end of chapter 20, he writes this, but these things are written in this book that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's an extraordinary gift to us, Jesus. And then he writes again right at the end of the book of John, uh, chapter 21, verse 25. Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I just love that. That there was so much more, John is saying, there was so much more even that Jesus was saying and doing in that short amount of time here on earth. And how much more real is that for us? That Jesus, that God is saying and doing so much more than we realise or tune into around the globe today. There are miracles occurring around the globe today. There are miracles and changes going on through the work of his spirit. And and we need to, I know that watching the news and listening and tuning into BBC and Sky News and all that stuff is, you know, it's kind of what we do maybe. Um, but the reality is that we need to tune in more to, to his Holy Spirit and and go to the high place with him so that we can tune into what he's doing really, 
what, what the Lord is doing and where the Lord is wanting to take our prayers and our sight and our hearing and who we are as his people. So be encouraged to do that, to remember who he is. He says, I am the living God. Do not be afraid. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us Jesus, for sending him um, to this earth as your son, the Messiah. And Father, we thank you that you've um, enabled us now through the Holy Spirit and after Jesus was resurrected, he promised his spirit to us and, and we have now received that spirit. And as we pray through the power of your Holy Spirit this week, we ask, Lord, that you would show us things and give us wisdom and understanding that is from you, not from the world, but from you, Lord. And help us, each one of us this week, to be reminded about who you are, that you are the living God. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.